ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ברכנוכם מבית השם, Welcome back to our Wednesday night cheer. We hope everybody jumped, it was beautiful. As we um, leave the Yomtev and we begin to embark on the seven full weeks from Pesach to Shavuos. Seven weeks, Shiva Shavuos Tisbalach. The Allah is not only do we count weeks, we count days obviously, but within the days we need to count the weeks as well. And therefore when it comes to Shiva Shavuos, starting with the counting of the weeks of the day, first we say Yom Yom Echad, Laimer, we complete a week, we say Sheva Yomim, Shem Shavua Echad. As you would count as tonight, which would be eight days, eight weeks, eight days, a week, and two days. Nine days. Nine, yeah. nine days, a week, and two days. Also, this Shabbos, on a rare occasion as we have it, is Pashas Kedoshim. It's not often that we have Kedoshim separated from Achrei. It's all wet, better watch this. Achrei Meis Kedoshim, and of course we spoke, Emmer goes in there as well, in the dimension. Saying, and the expression is, of course, of after the person dies, people mention how hot, how holy they were. So that also goes into, not goes into, that is the another focal focal, focal point of tonight's shir, the pasha, the pasha's kedushim of kedushim tiu. And the mitzvah is mentioned in Pashat Kedoshim, as there are many. <coughs> um, actually, the Pasha has 52 commandments, 13 positive and 38 negative. To be exact. But the, the main focus of the commandments, and as it mentions repeatedly throughout the Parsha, Ani Hashem, I am God, your God. It would only be right to start with the mitzvah of the Pasha, the Pasha which says <coughs> the famous, famous story which we've told many times of the um, fellow that came to Shul, arrived in Shul right before Shabbos as he arrived in Shul right before Shabbos, he realized that he had $50 in his pocket, or $100 in his pocket, probably the story, to embellish the story a little bit. And he realized he had $100 in his pocket, and it's almost Shabbos. <laughs> what do you do with such money? He didn't want to lose it. So he took out a chumash, and he found the Aseris Adibris, the Ten Commandments. And in the Ten Commandments, by the, the words, of course, Glois thou shalt not steal, he put his hundred dollar bill. 
figuring that any God-fearing Jew will open the Chumash. I will see the words, Lay Sig never wouldn't take it. Well, came after Shabbos, and unfortunately, he didn't really think of putting it by Shomer Asim Shabbos, or Zoch Asim Shabbos. His idea was to put it by Lay Sig So when he came after Shabbos, he opens the Chumash to Lay Sig and lo and behold, the $100 bill is gone. His chagrin. But, as he looks through his chumash properly, he finds Pashkadashim by the passing of he finds a $50 bill. So, I guess the, uh, the Ganif was the Talmud Chacham. The Ahafta Leacha Kamecha says Rashi is a klal godoyel batayra. This is a main stay klal in the Torah. Now we have to understand exactly what this is all about. Why is the Ahafta is the klal godoyel batayra? And so much so that Rashi brings that as his explanation. Also, we have to understand that Ramban writes, how is it possible to command a person to love someone like they love themselves? A person's heart cannot accept to love someone, love his friend, like he loves himself. It's just not there. It's just got to, you got to have it. It's got to be tangible. And another question, if you're going to command loving another fellow Jew like yourself, why does the Torah go to the length to say it over here, and not by all the other commandments, where it talks about tzedakah, the Gebilas Chesed, you're not allowed to steal, you're not allowed to take revenge, in revenge itself, there's the Kama, there's the Tira, etc., The truth is, someone keeps the mitzvah. They're automatically keeping that as well. All these mitzvahs are also being done the same way. This is therefore also a klal gadol in the Torah. We can perhaps explain this at klal gadol by answering the two questions in one. Thank you. Viyahafta is not a mitzvah for itself. It's a generalization of mitzvahs that has to do between one person and his friend, a person and their neighbor. And therefore we find already in many places in the Teda, already explained the klal and the protim that have to do with this, the generalization and the each individualization of each thing. This therefore answers the second question. Since the mitzvah after is kamecha, this is a commandment, a general commandment, to be mekayim the mitzvahs, which has to do with men adam It's therefore the doing, the completing of a mitzvah, is to the kiyam apratim. By keeping the mitzvahs that are ben adam, the individual mitzvahs. Since mitzvahs that have to do between two people are mitzvahs of dvarim shebemaisa, I don't have to. Hey, 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 that's for the kids. Yeah, this, yeah, this. I'm a kid. No. Just twelve. I'll make it even still. Thereby also the, we find how it can bring in the commandment to each and every person as a generalization to Mekayim, the entire mitzvah, as a mitzvah maizis ben adam lachavere. But the question we have on this mitzvah 
is a little deeper. On the Pasuk in this Pasuk, the Chazal tell us, for those keeping score at home, we're talking about Yerushalmi Nedarim, Perik Tes Halachadalit, a Maim of Rabbi Akiva. Not like Rashi just says, Zekal Galubatera, but rather a Maim of a quote Rabbi Akiva. I just want to reiterate for those who are not I don't believe you just did that took both ends the shiurim during the weeks of Svira we also include a little quip of of Pirkei uh, and also a quip of Mesechta Seita so and we will hope to and tie that all in with the rest of the Shia. The Rabbi Akiva says, Zek Kal Godel Batera. Hilla Zokin says, Gimara continues. Hilla Zokin, the elder Hillel said, this is also brought down. For those keeping score at home, Masechtas Shabbos, Taf Lamed Aleph Amr Aleph, 31, side 1. The quote from Hillel Hazakim, where Hillel says, Da'aloch Sani Lechavrach Alisavid. Zui kol ha'teda kulo bidich pirushu. What one does not want done to themselves, one should not do unto others. And this, therefore, is the basis of our entire Tera. These two explanations here, As similar as they sound, are different. <laughs> Rabbi Akiva, the mitzvah v'yahafta, is not only a klal gadol batera, not only a, a general, a great general idea in the tera, It's one of the Kolia Tera. <coughs> Thank you. It's one of the generalizations of Tera. Mashain came by Hillel. This is Kol HaTera Kula, the entire Tera. And we know the story of Hillel Azakin. When the convert came to him, he said, you Teach me the whole Tera on one foot. And he told him exactly this. The rest of the Tera is offspring from this call of of Avis Yisrael. However, we know a fact that Eilu, the Eilu, different than Kimchayim, the Gemara, for those keeping score at home, and Erev and Dafyud Gimel Amit Beis, it's fine, When two Tanoim, two holy sages, <coughs> present different opinions, let us not call it Chasashalom, argument or argue, they present their different opinion. <coughs> the Gemara tells us in Eidavin that Eilu ve'Eilu they are both words of God and therefore are for everlasting and existing. Therefore, both the words of Rabbi Akiva and the words of Hillel Azakin both stand true. They both have not only validity to them, but they are both factual. But they don't sound the same. 
how do we tie in that they are both become in essence the same? After the fact that Hill says that this is the entire Teda, generations later came Rabbi Akiva and he said, it's not the whole Teda, but it's a big factor in the Teda. How does one go with the other? We know, and again tying into this week's Pirkei Aves, the Sugi of Aves Yisrael, Hilla Zokin says, this week's Pirkei Aves, Pirkei Aleph Mishnah Yud Beis, Hilla says, have a, he gives a recommendation, have a mitamidav shel arein, one should be as the students of arein, Ayev Shalim, Vereidev Shalim, Ayev Sabriya is a Makarvan Latera. Love the peace, it's be from students of Aaron to love peace, pursue peace, love creations, and bring them closer to Tera. What is the connections between Ayev Shalim and Ayev Sabriyas? Love peace and love the fellow creations. And what is that? No, what are these two items connected with the Makarvan Latera, bring them closer to Tera? That through Avas Yisrael, we bring Jews closer to Tera. Through Avas Yisrael, we do good for a fellow Jew. Not only physically, in all its factors but both physically and spiritually. As the Baal Shem Tev brings down. So what is the diak of Mekarvan La Teda? Why does the word and bring them closer to Teda? This question gets even stronger. According to the inner explanation of the Mitzvah of Yisrael, where the Al-Terebbe <coughs> brings down a periklamid base of our holy Tanya Kadisha that the reason that a person, that a Jew loves a fellow Jew from Godel Vatkotim, from the largest to the smallest <coughs> without looking at his situation how he serves God or as the Mizichimagid said that live Russia Gomur kumet tzadik gomur. One must love a Russia gomur like they love a tzadik gomur, because this is the love towards the neshama of the fellow Jew. That each and every Jew has a neshama kedusha, neshama teira, and kula mas imes of echad lekulana, and therefore they're called Kol Yisrael Achim Amish. All Jews are one, are brothers. That mitzad and neshama, each and every Jew is a brother. So, since the entire foundation of Avas Yisrael, especially Ayavas Abriyes, as brought down in Tanya, since they are unfortunately far from the way they serve God and their connection to God at the moment therefore they are called Briyas they are only called creations what are the connection with them is their Nishama Teira that because of this therefore call Yisrael Achim without looking at what their situation what their status is in Teira Mitzvah so what is the connection of Mikarv and Teira bringing them closer to Teira I love the Jew because his neshama. And what does that have to do with where his status is? Perhaps we can explain according to the famous expression. <coughs> <coughs> what does a makarvan the Torah entail? 
that even though you're working on bringing Kiriv Briyas, the Tera, you shouldn't think that God forbid you can make any kind of compromise. There's no compromise when it comes to Tera Kedisha. When it comes to Avis Yisrael, when it comes to Avis Abriyas, we are obligated to go out there and to bring them closer to Tera. Not through any compromise. We don't sway on that. When it comes to bringing a Jew to, to Tera, we don't tell him, well, you can cut and you can paste and you can improvise and you can go around, cut corners. You have to give the Tera according to where the Tera is. They're going to pick up a smaller piece. They're not going to take the entire portion. They're going to think over a second thing. That's not your issue. Your presentation of Tera has to be without any kind of compromise. But this still doesn't explain to us how the Makarov and the Tera is connected to Ava It's only a, a concept. Bring them closer to Tera. What does that have to do with loving the Briyas? <coughs> the Altarebbe also brings down in Tanya in Periklamet Beis of Mishaina Chaveri someone who's not his friend. Ve'ene Mekurav Etzlei is not close to him. In Alzeh Omar Hilazokin this is the person that Hilazak is referring to when he says, Have metamid shalarin. Ayyav shalom. Even though they're far from Teda and Vaveda, therefore being referred to as Briyas Baalma, we need to bind them and tie them with the thickest ropes of love. And maybe this will bring them closer to Teda. We still need to understand. Since the love of the person ultimately, bottom line, is because of the Nishama Teira, what does it have to do with how they are and what their status is in Teira? Chazal tell us the Machshavtim Shay Yisrael Kodma Lechodavar. The Machshav of the Eden come before everything. Even before Tera. And it's known the words of the Zayah Kodesh. The Jews are bound to the words of Tera and, and, and the Tera is bound with the Abishta. These two things are total opposites. The total oxymorons. If Jews come before Machshavis Tera, then how could Tera be the one, the, the connecting link between the Jew and the Abishta. And he explains that the root of the Eden are higher than Tera, but the Nishamas come down to this world, Tera remains higher than they are. And therefore here they connect through the Abishta through Tera. From here we see that the Eden have two different extremes. The Israel, the Jew at his root, which is at that point they're higher than Tera. And therefore the Chazal say, Yisrael, who even though the Jew sinned, he's still a Jew. That the attachment and their connection and their yearning between the Jew and the Almighty are not pending on their service Taylor Mitzvah because they are in essence higher their level is higher than the Almighty higher than Taylor excuse me 
So not looking at Rahman al-Islam where situation they're at, they're still considered Yisrael and they're still considered the holy nation. On the other hand, the flip side, since over here is their lower, they're not, their connection to the Almighty is not as strong, their yearning to be one with the Abishta is not as strong, and therefore it needs to be Dafka with their learning of Teda. So therefore we come now to a different situation here, where it has to be Yisrael and Isaac Kuchabrichu, we have this channel. And the Jew that is not holding at that channel is not in that situation. It's not enough the fact that shame Yisrael, Afa Pishachotu Yisrael, that <coughs> he's labeled Yisrael because he has a Neshama He needs to have an actual physical connection. Therefore, ultimately, every Jew has the Bevadai Seifei, last That in the definitely the end, the person will be able to do Tshuva. The fact that the Yisrael who, and he's bound with Tayrak Desha, that reveals his actual essence and his actual love and connection with God. This is therefore the two opinions. Hilazokin adds Mikarvan Latera to where to Ayavabriyas, the people that are far from service of Hashem. To love these Briyas is not enough. Ava Atmas will be shame the fact that you're loving a person because he's called a Jew that's one level. And of Khas Shalom you're not Matsliach to bring him closer to Tayra. You're still being Mekayim, obviously so. But the Ava has to be to such a level that we can ultimately bring it through that the person should become part with Teda. So that although the person has this great point that he's a guy, he's a Jew, and it has nothing to do with his situation, as we said, with his learning of Teda. it should ultimately be brought to him in such a way that he should want to. Because that's the wor- that's our service on this world. Those that are Rahman al-Sam, that's not called it this way, they're Chaykim of Teira. We need to be Makar of them closer to Teira. Even more so, since this world here, the person has to d- reveal himself, has to yearn and want to attach himself to the Abishta. Tafka through Teda. By bringing your friend that's far away from Teda, closer to Teda Mitzvahs, he feels this connection, the true connection of a Jew. <coughs> as, is <coughs> as is the service of a Jew here in this world. Now we understand the two facts. Kal Godl Bateda and Kala Teda Kula. Rabbi Akiva is talking about Mitzvah Zavis Yisrael according to his Medina Even though you Mechaev to help a Jew in everything, this is the Medina, actually has its boundaries, has its limits of Medina Zagol Zatera. And therefore, it's not Shaykh to say that it's called a Tera Kula. It's not Shaykh to say this is the entire Tera. Because there are things in Tera that strengthen go over the union of Avis Yisrael. <coughs> Avis Yisrael is not the union of Guch Nefesh, which they has called Tera. 
But still in all, it's a it's a cloud god, it's a big fact of Taylor. <coughs> Hilda Zakin says no. He talks about Avis Israel. He talks about the way it is by the Shadish Anishama, the root of the Nishama. Love to a Jew as when before Taylor. Which this is a level that Yisrael Kodma the Tera, Yisrael comes prior to Tera, and therefore this is at a level that the entire Tera is bound within the Jew. And for the Jew, he's going out on the limb and he's doing this. And therefore, Zui Kola Tera Kula. In the Gemara Masech the Seita, which we learn between Pesach and Shavuos, since it's connected by having 49 blot, we find Rabbi Akiva going according to his opinion. And we just stated that his opinion is, it's a kalal dodl batera. It's a fact, it's a chayv. It's an obligation of the tera of Yahavtal Riachokamecha. The Yemara in the Sechta tells us a machlik is a dispute between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. Ein Adam mikana liishtei elim kei nichnas habaruach. Sorry, a little further than that. Ditanya with it in a brayse. Mikanas ishtei. The person needs to be jealous of his wife, the wayward woman, the wayward wife that went out and did, acted a way that her husband did not want her to. Says the Taylor Vikanes Ishtay. Rabbi Shemal says this is a Rishus. Rishus, this is talking about a Rishus. We may do such a thing. Rabbi Akiva Merchayva, it's an obligation. Yamrus Bishnei Meruach Tahara Shapir. Yamrus Ruach Tuma. So therefore he goes to Rishus Vechayva, Lilo Inshi. We're dealing here with a Rishus or a Chayva. According to Rabbi Shemuel, when the tailor tells us a mitzvah, a mitzvah such as this one, the tailor gives us rishus, gives us the right to go out and to do this. Masha'enkein, Rabbi Akiva says, no, it's a cheva. And therefore, since he holds it's a cheva, when he refers to Ahavas Yisrael, the mitzvah Ahavas Yisrael, he also says it. It's a chayva. It's a klal gadol. Is it kolatayda kula? It doesn't become kolatayda kula, but it becomes a chayva. And that's why when we look in this week in Pirkei Avos. We'll go refer. We'll come back to the Pirkei Avos we said before already. Ayev Shalom Hill said, Ayev Shalom Reidav Shalom. Have a mitzvah. Have a mitalmidav shalari. We want to also tie in of a different mitzvah of this week's parsha. Kedeshim to you. That is broken. One of the ways the Tata concerns ourselves with how a person needs to behave a very integral part of it is they say like Rachel. One should not go around speaking, slandering, and talking bad of other Jews. No matter who, what, when, or where, no matter what the person did or didn't do to you, a person should not speak ill of another Jew. 
Many years ago, in a uh, several hundred years ago in Baghdad, a Jew arrived in the town of Baghdad. And he was a wanderer. He was going from town to town and he was tired, he was weary, he was hungry. And, you know, traveling through the desert for hours on end, it didn't occur to him, it didn't, he didn't notice the lack of foot, foot traffic that was going on in the city. So he came, he walked towards the biggest building in the town, the shul. And he came to the shul. And the shul had a big courtyard. And in the courtyard, there was a little well. He took out some bread from his knapsack he drew some water to wash for bread he drew some water for drinking and he sat down and ate a meal Listen to the story because it's very powerful. After eating, he did. He said, "Bichat Amazon." He benched, grace after meals, and he was sitting there resting. And he hears from the shul humming prayers. This wasn't time for any kind of prayer. Mincha might have. <coughs> what could be going on? So he goes up the steps of the shul and he opens the door. And he sees a packed shul. Everyone is sitting there. They're crying and they're saying, Till him. Taps the first guy on the shoulder and says, uh, Excuse me. My height. What's going on? What's happening? Why are why is everybody praying here? And the fellow whispers, "You didn't hear the Sultan passed a terrible decree on the Jews. We're fasting and we're praying." Immediately, the fellow turned around and went back to Stillam. He went to a second guy. And eventually, after tapping enough shoulders, he got the story pieced together. <coughs> the Sultan passed a horrific decree that the Jews need to produce a miracle worker. And unless they produce a miracle worker... He's going to drive them all out of the town. Anyone who stays behind will be killed. He's going to confiscate their riches. He's going to take everything away from them. If they can't produce a miracle worker like Moshe Rabbeinu, they're gone. (coughs) He heard this. And he made his way to the front of the shul. The rabbis were sitting. And he went over and told one of the rabbis something. And he called over a second, and the rabbis conferred with his fellow for a few minutes. Then the chief rabbi got up. And he clapped his hands, quiet, one second please, everybody. He said, I'll tell you what's going on here. Mustafa, the chief advisor of the sultan, wanted to get the Jews expelled. 
But the Sultan had his version of the Quran that he reads. And in the Quran is a story of Misha and the Yidin in Mitzrayim and Parai who tried to destroy the Jews, kill the Jews, make the Jews slaves. And Moshe brought horrific plagues on Parai. So the Sultan, in essence, was petrified that if he tries to expel the Jews, he's going to end up meeting with one such Moshe, and he'll be uh, fafuched. He'll get plagues, and he'll get killed, and he'll get destroyed. This is not Tzadik. And Mustafa, the big Chacham, his big advisor said, No, there is nobody. There's no more Moses. There's no more holy Jews. There's nothing like this. There's no miracle workers. They're not going to come save them. You can kill them. You can take their money. You can drive them out. <coughs> and therefore, says the Rav, this stranger who just passed through our town and heard the story, said that he is prepared to volunteer to go to the Sultan. <coughs> he will declare himself the miracle worker of the Jews. Either way, if he could perform a miracle, we're saved. If he doesn't, he fails, we'll say that uh, we don't even know who he was. He was a stranger passing by, and all of a sudden, on his own accord, he came to the Sultan. Had nothing to do with us, and please let us live here. So the Jews saw that it's a win-win situation. And they all agreed to allow this man to go to see the Sultan. The fellow strides out of the shul with a confident gait, with his staff in his hand, and he marches to the Sultan's palace. Comes to the gates and he bangs on the gates with his staff, I command that you allow me in to see the Sultan. I am the miracle worker of the Jews. Now they all knew that the Sultan was waiting for that, so they opened the gates. <coughs> and the Sultan here is the miracle worker of the Jews is here. He gathers everybody, all the chief advisors, and everybody come together in his inner chambers. Sultan sitting on his throne. And the Jew stands up and he says, not only am I a miracle worker similar to Moshe Rabbeinu, I am greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. I will show you. I will take a person, I will chop their heads off, And I will take it and reattach it and bring them back to life. Needless to say, this let out a major gasp. Everybody was in shock. But there's one stipulation, he says. The man must be very, very smart. If the man is not very, very smart... And not very, very honest, it won't work. The head won't go back. No. Sultan was fascinated by this thought. And what do you do? Everybody was shaking in their boots. Because they knew the Sultan has to go through with this. The Sultan was looking around and saying, okay, got to have somebody very, very, very smart. And he's looking from one advisor to the next, and they're all praying, Allah, please keep him away from me. Let him choose somebody else. 
lo and behold, he turns to his smartest advisor, the one that came up with his whole Chochmah, Mustafa. This is Mustafa. You're going to make this Jew prove his validity, prove his greatness. Mustafa started to shake, to walk, and to, to hop, and to, to go from one foot to the other foot, and to, to, to stutter, and to start to... And Mustafa starts saying, listen, hey, Almighty, you got to understand, he needs somebody very, 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 very smart, and very, very, very honest. i got to tell you the truth now, I, I once, once might have said a lie, I might not all have said the truth, and, and I'm not so perfect, and I'm not so smart, and I might have made a mistake sometime, and maybe, <coughs> and the Jews said, no, 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 Mustafa, the king said, the sultan said, you're smart enough, Mustafa started backing towards the door, and the Jew is standing already, holding a sword in his hand, ready, and Mustafa backed his way out, and started lying, and screaming, and yelling, no, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't have anything, I'm not smart, I have no, no ideas, no good ideas, and he ran out for his dear life, what do we do now you got to have somebody there's nobody else to choose so it's in a catch 22 the Jew says I can do it give me the neck and the big head and I'll do it the Goyim are saying we have no head we have no neck to give you so the sultan can't prove and can't disprove this Jew. He might be telling the truth. He might not. And the sultan, as we know from the beginning, was scared that he's going to meet with such a person that does tell the truth and that's going to bring plagues on his nation. If this Jew indeed can't do that, what's going to become of him? So therefore... The Sultan had no choice, especially since Mustafa now ran for his dear life, but to renege on his brilliant plan of driving the Jews out. The Yid came home, came back to the town, and the news was very went around very fast. There was a big simcha festivities, but as the whole party started. The Jew disappeared. And some say this must have been Eliyahu Anavi. But our question is, what was he thinking? What was this guy really thinking? He really could not do it. He really would not have been successful. Had he chopped off Mustafa's head, he would not have been able to put it back together again. But the fact was, they summoned Adam Reyachal. The man was looking at the Tater, and the Tater says, you may not stand on the blood of your brother. A Jew has to see to it, no matter what another Jew is proposed to have done, has been said to have done, you must look in a positive vein. And Adam You cannot stand on the Jews' blood. And also they see soul of hate. You cannot carry, cannot cause sin to come upon him. So the kids close it in. Yitzchak Meyer Ger was seeing people in private audiences. Yichidus. Yitzchak Meyer had a shamus named Bunim. And Bunim would stand by the door and he would write people setlak and he would send them in in order. In orderly fashion. 
There was one particular fellow that wanted to get his way in, he wanted to get in fast, wanted to get in earlier or quicker, whatever it was. And it wasn't in the Seder, he was trying to get out of the Seder. And Bunim wasn't allowing him. <coughs> he went over to Bunim and he slapped him across the face. Bunim was shocked. Everybody was shocked. Bunim turned around, he went into the Yitzchmei of Ger, and he told him, <laughs> I don't deserve this. Well, why, why do I deserve this? Someone just slapped me in the face. But he didn't tell the Rebbe who it was. Later on, people kept going in afterwards. And when this fellow came in in front of the Gered Rebbe, without him saying anything, the Gered Rebbe said, why did you do it? Take. Man burst out crying. He had terrible, terrible regrets what he did. But Achman al-Sani had no children. And without any children, he was anxious to get a bracha for children. Finally, the Gera Rebbe was reprimanding him and told him, I cannot see you. I cannot hear even what you want to ask for until you don't get forgiveness from the injured party. He ran out right away. They found the shamus, and he asked him Mechil, and he said, "Come back in, tell the Rebbe." And he came back in. The shamus came back in with him, and he said, "Yes, I'll forgive him on one condition." And the Gedder Rebbe said, "What is the condition?" The man said, "I condition that you give him a bracha that he should have children." He had come because he wanted a bracha for children. So this Shabbos, who was slapped in the face, so insulted and so hurt, said the only way he'll forgive him is if the Gerev is going to give him a bracha that he will have children. And so the bracha was given, and of course, Tzadik, Gezak, Kaddish Baruch, and Mekayim, a bracha that Tzadik doesn't go for naught. Shimon Benoi. Shimon, his son, said. When Gamliel had a son, Shimon. And the Mishnah Yudzayin, this week's first Pedic. Kol Yomai Gidalti Benachachomim, all my days I grew up among the sages. Vilematsosi Leguf, I did not find anything better. For a person, taiv mishtika, then silence. Vela medrashaika elahamaisa. That yes, it's very important to learn, but it's not the main thing. The main thing is to do the work itself. But worst thing is, v'cholamar bedvarim maybe chait. Whoever is going to overdo his talking is ultimately going to come to sin. Silence is the qualities of humility, selflessness. We are coming now from the Yom Tov of Pesach. Pesach we eat matzah, which represents the humbleness of a Jew. Don't, does not rise, the matzah does not rise, it does not become haughty. And therefore the goof, meaning a person, the most effective way for a person to refine himself is shtika, to remain silent, not to talk more than they need to. Put away that for your children. But then whoever engages in excessive talk brings on sin. 
Because now the person is already full of pride, self-consciousness, which is the total opposite of humility. And where do you see that? By chatter. They over-talk, they have excessive talking. And this ultimately brings to sin. The word chet also means lack, lacking of. person who talks too much has a tendency for excessive talk is also a lack of the awareness of the true nature of Teda. And this goes to people that are teaching it, that are giving directive, that are giving Hadrach even. For those keeping score at home, Yemara Masech Psachim Tav Gimelam at Beis. A person should always instruct his students in short, concise phrases. The word excessive talk creates confusion and makes gives too much room to be misinterpreted, and therefore the person tries to say, "What did he mean by that? What did he mean by this?" the Alter Rebbe in the beginning used to say one-liners a sentence we have to live with the time and Chassidim toiled on this for months to figure out what the Alter Rebbe meant and ultimately translated as living with the Pash Sashavua we have to live with the Pasha of the week. And even the Teda, when the Teda tells us, may not stand on a fertile's blood, Rashi tells us, you see him dying, and you could possibly save him. You should not, you're not allowed to stand on his blood. The Baal Shem Tov says from everything we see, a Jew sees or hears, he has to learn a lesson from this in service to God. Nothing. Everything that God created in this world, nothing was created for naught. If you're looking for this and keeping score at home, Sekhta Shabbos Ayin Zayin Amid Beis 77 Side 2 And of course as we see at the end of Pirkei Yavis it says in the last Pedic He created only for His glory So definitely if a person sees something a particular thing to save this situation his honor, his service of God, is a, is a lesson to how he has to act. For if that's not it, why would God have done it? Why would God have let us see this? Why would God have let him hear this? And this is therefore Rashi writes, To see one dying and you could save him. person cannot say, who said I could have saved them? The fact that you saw this person in this predicament shows that you could have saved him. For if not, why would you have to see this? And this goes both spiritually and physically. If a person knows that someone is lacking spiritually, he cannot say, why do I have to, who am I to have to be the one to save him? Let somebody else be the one to step in. But the mere fact that that you are seeing this, it's a sign and a lesson that you can actually save them. 
And this is telling us Leisamit al Damreacha. A person must do all that they can to reach out and to help physically and spiritually. And the end of the Pasuk, Ani Hashem. God says, This is with this I am your God. With the fact that you believe and that you understand and realize and come to the recognition that you can do it, that you have the potential to save another Jew, you have the strength to do it, you have the tools that are needed to do it, you should go out there and reach out to Jews. Reach out to your fellow Jew. If a person knows Aleph and Bez, he should teach a person Aleph. And if a person knows three letters, and someone knows only two, he should teach them the other, the third letter. And this is the idea, this is the directive of the Pasha of Kedoshim to you that we should be holy, and Kikodesh Ani Ani Hashem, for, <coughs> for I am holy, we live and go in the way of God, and may God see that His children are being Kodesh, and they are Mekarvan Lateda, and they're bringing their brethren closer, and therefore He should grant them, as a father grants children, all their requests and all their beseechments, and especially the main request, which is the Geulas, Melech HaMashiach, and Nisan Nigalu, Nisan Asidin Goel. In Nisan we were redeemed, and in this Chedish Nisan we should still be redeemed in Yetzirah. With Geulas, Melech HaMashiach, Shabbat Shalom to all.